Hello, and welcome to the Millennial Nutritionist Podcast. I'm Isla Garcia, Master's Degree of Nutrition Science and Registered Dietitian, and I'm going to make weight loss realistic, sustainable, and uncomplicated for your busy lifestyle. On this podcast, me and my team of registered dietitians will decipher the latest nutrition research, dissect fad diets, and discuss social media trends for you so you can feel confident knowing what to eat to achieve your health goals. Research suggests that most weight loss programs aren't successful, but my experience has taught me that this is not because the participants aren't committed. It's because those diets are designed by non-nutrition professionals and center around severe restrictions. We are here to provide the facts about the science of weight loss so you can have the success you want and continue living your best life. Hi, so today I'm doing something a little bit new. I'm feeling a little bit more motivated to try to get this video version of the podcast up and going. Um, This isn't perfectly how I'd like it to be. I know there's a lot of echo in this room that I'm hoping to fix. I hope to get some better decorations up and a better mic stand so I'm not just here holding this mic that's supposed to normally go on the table, but you gotta start somewhere, right? Just with weight loss, you have to start somewhere and you can always adjust further on, so. That's what we're just gonna do today. But I woke up really, really excited to talk about how to lose weight. Super basic, but I feel like everybody on um, social media has been really resonating with just like how to lose weight, not like the intricacies of like um, how to like lose weight as a stay-at-home mom or like how to lose weight as a blah blah blah. Like literally, just like cut and dry how to do it. So. That's really just what I want to talk to you about today. This is like off schedule of normally when I would record, but you know, I haven't felt like I've been in a good mood in a long time, just to be honest. And I'm feeling like that today. I don't know if it's the fact that I'm finally moved and like pretty much settle in, just got a couch. I don't know if it's like, I feel like my health is finally kind of back on track from like the craziness of moving and everything, or I don't know. I just woke up today and feel kind of positive. So we're just going to make it a content creation day. I do have Hercules with me on the side. We are (laughs) interrupting his nap time. So if you're watching the video version of this, then he might be kind of snorting up here in the background, um, stealing the show. We'll see how long he wants to sit with us. Um, But let's just go ahead and dive into it. So how to lose weight. Basically, you know, what's the crux of my program or like how do I teach people to lose weight? It's actually a lot more complicated and layered than I really thought it would be. Yes, like there is the um, portion of the calorie deficit that I'm going to go into, but a lot of times what I see is like having to even like go on top of that and like layering different steps with it because as a coach, I know what to do, but like when I'm coaching other people, I have to understand I'm talking to somebody that doesn't know a lot about nutrition or weight loss or macros and calories and stuff like that. So I have to think beyond just the calorie deficit part. Hercules moved away. <laughs> he doesn't really like talking about this, I guess. I have to move beyond the calorie deficit part and think about like what are some additional ways that I can help people lose weight besides just like telling them to eat within the calorie deficit. Because there's going to be human error. There's going to be people that don't really know how to track. There's going to be people that like think they're eating in a deficit, but the way that they're tracking their portion sizes really doesn't have them. So I have to really think beyond calories. And then like the science of weight loss, well, honestly, the science of nutrition is and might always be kind of murky just because 
it's not an immediate science. Like you have to really see like all the other factors that add into lifestyle to really get you to the weight that you are. And there's just like so many different things. And maybe I should make a whole podcast episode about like why nutrition research can be like kind of like pick and choose um, from what you choose to believe. But I'm just going to tell you what really works so far for the people that I help and just kind of like give it to you straight. With all that being said, I have my notes here in front of me. If you're on the video version, and this is how I always do podcasting is looking at my notes. Um, And so there are multiple different aspects of weight loss, right? So there's the science of it. So there's metabolism um, that we take a whole class of in school. And there's like, you know, actually like the genetics of how your metabolism works and like what you can do to increase it or what happens if you decrease it, how muscle mass affects your metabolism. Then there's the anatomy portion. So where different parts in your stomach like absorb different vitamins and minerals and how volume like when you eat high volume foods how that like receptors in your stomach feel that down to like how your intestines like digest fiber to increase the microbiome all that stuff as well um then there is the endocrine system this is the part that's like the hardest for me because i feel like hormones and endocrine are so like like i never like it's an exact science but it seems so like hard to grasp. Um, but there are, um, even if you don't have an endocrine disorder like hypothyroidism or insulin resistance or PCOS or something like that, endocrine system still plays a part because that's what really what regulates your hunger and fullness cues, those hormones, ghrelin and leptin, leptin and ghrelin. Ghrelin, I always remember in school because ghrelin sounds like you're growling and that's the that's the hormone that makes you hungry. Leptin makes you feel full. Um, see, hormones, endocrine, I never did really good in that part of anatomy. But um, the, all that to say that um, that along with psychology, right? So how you think about food, your relationship with food, your relationship with yourself and the pressure you put on yourself to feel like you need to look a certain way or eat a certain way or even like if you have anxiety or depression or OCD, I've had all those types of clients and how they play out or ADHD, like how all of those different psychiatric disorders really play out in weight loss and nutrition. You have to combine it with all of these other things I just talked about to get weight loss. You um, have to figure out how to balance all of these things for yourself or like me as a coach for other people in order to see weight loss. So it is essentially like mathematically as simple as you have to eat less than you burn to lose weight, but at the same time, like it has to be a lot more layered. So let's just get into it because I don't want this to be like a super long episode. Okay, so how does weight loss work? First, we have to get into the calories part. That's like the foundation first and foremost. Like that is all we're taught in school on how to lose weight is the calories part. So that's why so many people resort to that first. All these other things are like things that I personally had to research and like literally look at like PubMed to find articles um, and like read other dietitians' books to see like what they say. But the calories through and through is like the oldest science in the book. Back when I work in a hospital and we fed people through tube feeding, we calculated calories for people if we wanted them to gain weight or lose weight. And so I know how to do that off the back of my hand. And most dietitians and most people understand calories, I think. Like what they are kind of. So there's three basic numbers when you think of calories, right? So you have maintenance calories. These are the calories that you need just to like maintain your current weight. The more you weigh, the more calories you can eat to maintain your weight and then vice versa. So this maintenance calories is kind of like what goes down as well if if your metabolism is overall lower. I'm going to just kind of use a running example here of let's say like because most people I work with, their maintenance calories are like around... 
2,500. So let's say maintenance calories are 2,500. Then we have basal rate. So this is the rate that you need at complete rest, like you're unconscious on a hospital bed and you need um, energy just to like grow your fingernails, for your heart to beat, for your brain to send signals down your nervous system to tell your diaphragm to move so your lungs can inflate, for your DNA to keep replicating. Like all these things, they take energy in the form of ATP, which all comes from a very long process, which in the beginning comes all from calories. And so you have to have a baseline amount of calories to even function throughout the day. And you can feel it when you're under eating, right? That's when you start to feel really, really tired because your body is super smart. And if you are underfeeding yourself below that basal rate for too long, then it starts to slow down all of those functions, which is why like when you have an eating disorder and you stop eating, your hair falls out and you get really cold because your body is literally trying to like preserve itself and shut down a lot of those functions or at least slow them down so that you can live. Now, weight loss calories are going to be somewhere in the middle. Oh, for basal rate, let's say it's around like 1400. That's typically where most of my clients end up. So in order to lose weight, you've got to eat somewhere in there, right? Um, and so for this like example client, they have 2,500 calorie for maintenance and then like 1,400 calories for basal. Um, now you can tell there's like an over 1,000 calorie difference there, right? And this is because this client is, we'll say they're a teacher, they are pretty active during the day, they get like 8,000 steps at work and they work out mm, one day a week and they are like 200 pounds. That's probably about how we would get to somebody that high. Um, I just shared about this on Instagram and somebody said that their maintenance calories were around 1,700. And so they didn't have that much in between their basal rate, which happens if you're not really active or you're not a bigger person. Like my maintenance calories are not that high. They're only like 2,100, which kind of stinks, but it's because I'm a lower body weight than a lot of my clients. So when you're picking your your weight loss calories. This is where all of this like dietitian clinical judgment really comes in because you have to find a, a range for people to not feel like they're starving to death because if you bring them too close to that basal rate, they're going to feel really hungry. But you also want it to be that big enough difference to see weight loss, right? The other caveat is no, no matter the amount that you bring your weight loss, like you bring your calories down to, your metabolism will decrease, unfortunately. Um, and it's just normal because you're you're gonna be at a lower body weight. So, like for example, my metabolism is lower than somebody who's theoretically 200 pounds because I just don't need that much like going on in my body. Like I don't have all this extra um, tissue to need to like pump blood through and replicate cells and I don't know nervous function through them and stuff like that, right? So just like overall, my metabolism is gonna be lower. And if you bring your calories down any amount, it's going to decrease. But there's caveats that you can do. Um, but anyway, so that's why you don't want to bring your calories down way too much. Even like a little bit above your basal might be too much. I try to pick somewhere like kind of in the middle for clients so that we're seeing significant weight loss, but they're not feeling hungry or decreasing their metabolism too much. Do you feel like you're tired of trying every new diet out there whenever you're ready to lose weight, but you never really find long-term success because it's either too restrictive or just not conducive to your lifestyle? Well, then let me tell you about our three-month lifestyle reset program. This is an individualized weight loss approach where you'll be going through our proven six-step method and you'll be led by a registered dietitian. 
By becoming a client of the program, you'll be able to learn how to control your weight, increase your energy and confidence, and also improve your overall well-being. Not to be dramatic, but a lot of clients tell us that they actually change their lives by going through the program and finally find a sustainable weight loss solution when they actually haven't found that with any other program. If you are interested in becoming a client, sign up for a discovery call on our website, themillennialnutritionist.com with me, Isla Garcia, and I'll help match you with one of our registered dietitian coaches based off of your challenges and their nutrition expertise. If you're ready to find a sustainable weight loss solution in a non-judgmental and encouraging environment, I hope you'll connect with us soon. Now, the way that weight loss works with calories is you have to have 3,500 calories to lose one pound of fat. And this is below that maintenance calories, which you can't do in one day, right? Like if your maintenance calories is 2,500, you can't eat negative 1,000 calories to lose a pound of fat. So you take that 3,500 and you split it up seven days a week or any amount of days a week, depending on like the deficit that you're assigned. And so let's say we're able to give this person a deficit of 500, so that brings them to 2,000 calories. If they follow a 500-calorie deficit for seven days, they will have one pound weight loss at the end of the week. Do you follow me? (laughs) So um, the way that weight loss works for a calorie deficit is it's on kind of like a, a rolling sum, which I definitely had to look up to see if that was like a real word, but I think it is. So like that means that it's cumulative. Like it's not like your body just like starts over. It's more like a savings account to where you have $3,500. And if, I'm trying to think of an analogy on the spot. And if you like every day pull a little bit of money away from it, let's say every day you pull $500 from it. By the end of the week, you're going to have none left. And that's how weight loss works. But Let's say you only pull like 200 from it. So like you're in a deficit of 200 calories per day. You'll still eventually like deplete that $3,500, right? It just might take twice the amount of time. So that's why one day really doesn't matter. Like when people say it, it's not really like, oh, like, I don't know, if you don't meet your goals one day, they really don't matter. No, they literally mathematically do not matter, like to the point that so many people think that they do. So there's no reason to give up if you've had one day. Because the other thing to remember is, Even if you don't get a 500 calorie deficit, like no matter if you're a little bit under 2,500 calories, that maintenance amount, you're going to lose weight eventually. It just might take you two weeks, which sometimes if I have clients who don't have that much to lose and they're not active, I don't have a lot of room in between their maintenance and their basal calories. And so they might only be able to be in a deficit of 200 calories per day until I do my tricks. So they might not see a pound loss for two weeks. So I hope that kind of makes sense. I go into that in so much more depth in one of my modules in my program, but that's kind of the quick and dirty on like how calories really work. However, if you are only counting calories, there's a couple of problems. First of all, you will always have to keep decreasing calories because like I said, eventually your metabolism will decrease to match that like 2000 calorie mark, right? For our example client. And the only way they're going to be able to continue to lose weight is to decrease yet again. And you kind of get into a bad situation where you're decreasing, 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 decreasing. There also just leaves a lot of room for human error for you to, un, like, over, uh, the word overestimate your calories. Like, if you go out to eat constantly, it's really hard to know the calories that are in there, right? Or maybe somebody else, like, maybe your husband cooks for you. 
which I hear a lot, and you never really know what's in the food that he's cooking, it's hard to be exact with those calories, and you don't have to be because there's extra things you can do that we do. So we aren't robots. The science is always changing for calories. And again, that's like, I don't want to say old science because it's not antiquated. Like it works for people. And I've seen it in the hospital when like you have so much control over them and you're literally just putting in basically like liquid calories and there's no like, there's no error there. And like I see it happen. A French bulldog is not the best dog to have when you're podcasting. learning. <laughs> so we don't want to just rely on the calorie deficit because we're living our real lives and there's so much room for error. And there's a lot of like funky things that just go on with weight gain that I can get into a whole bunch of other episodes about with insulin resistance and an imbalance in other hormones and I don't know, not even being truthful to your coach or... I don't know, like your metabolism just being lower. Like there's a bunch of things that the calculations for calories don't get right. And so if you're not seeing weight loss, it may be because you need to also be doing these other things, which is why I focus on these with clients. So I'm going to give it to you straight. This is why we add the next layer on to macros and why you should too for weight loss. And a lot of clients come to me and they're like, I don't understand the macros part. The macros you can think of them kind of like, I was trying to think of an analogy for this. So you can't have calories without having macros. Like they are essentially one and the same, but they're just like a more specific version of calories. So like if you've ever tracked on my fitness pal, which you can do, you can check out my free fitness fitness pal tracker tutorial on um, my website. You can see that it's a good way to understand that 100% of your calories are all going to be allocated to different macros. Foods are made up of macros, which are calories. Like, for example, when um, a gram of fat is nine calories, a gram of carbohydrates is four calories, and a gram of protein is four calories. So within every food, there is one or all of the macros, and then that's how you get the calorie amount is you add up each gram of those items, you multiply it by their respective amounts and you get the calorie amount. It's always going to have to add up to 100% if that makes sense. So you can utilize the specificity of macros to kind of use calories at your advantage. And the powerhouse macro for weight loss is protein. The other macros, they don't matter like all too much. They, they kind of do, but just for this quick and dirty version, like they don't matter too much unless you're like bodybuilding or for performance or something like that. Protein, though, is what you need to focus on if you're trying to lose weight because protein is going to help your metabolism increase over time. So like I said, the major problem with just calorie tracking is you're always going to have to undercut. But if you focus on increasing your metabolism while you you lose weight, you don't ever really have to fall into this issue. And so one way to increase metabolism is by increasing muscle mass, which comes from strength training and protein intake. Protein, when you eat more protein, you actually also burn more calories internally. Um, If you've ever heard of like negative calorie foods, I feel like this was a thing like back when we were little, like celery being negative calories and stuff. I think it comes from this idea that you burn like so many calories when you are even just digesting food. And the different types of food, they take different amounts of effort to digest, right? Like you think about stomach as like a wood chipper, if you put like a piece of steel, which let's say that that's protein in a wood chipper, it's going to take like a lot more effort compared to paper. 
And so it takes a lot more calories to burn and digest and absorb protein compared to the other macros. So you're getting a little bit of a bonus in your calorie burn by doing that and then also increasing your metabolism through the increased protein intake. For the amount of protein you should be eating, this comes down to different calculations. And this is something I actually didn't learn in school. I had to figure it out myself um, by looking at research articles and listening to lectures and a bunch of different things. And so everybody might have like a different amount of protein that they do recommend, which is why you should just make sure you go to somebody you really trust. I use different amounts based on people's body. So for people who have a BMI who are obese, I use a different calculation compared to somebody who's overweight or just regular weight. So it will vary from person to person, but if you're looking for just like a general amount you should be eating, then I typically just recommend to make sure you get like one serving of protein with each meal at least, and that'll probably get you around like 80 80 grams of protein, which is a good amount for starting out with weight loss. I will say like most of my clients need anywhere from like 90 to 120 grams of protein, and I do give a range, and there's different like nuances within the range, but basically just try to get some protein with every meal and you'll probably do great. Okay, so we're still trying to solve this problem, right, of how to be in a calorie deficit for a long period of time without having to constantly undercut calories, but we also don't want to be counting calories forever because that's not sustainable, right? Uh, That kind of perpetuates this like all or nothing, like you're only able to lose weight if you use a calorie tracker, which I don't support as a dietitian, even in the program. I think it's a great tool to use in the beginning, but I'm always trying to get clients to think like the longevity of this, like, you know, think about your life 20 years from now. Do you want to keep tracking for the next 20 years to maintain your weight? Probably not. So a way to help with the sustainability of being in a calorie deficit without having to track is produce. So good old fruits and vegetables. That's why I never really recommend like supplements. And you guys, I could probably be a really rich woman if I (laughs) did every single brand deal that ever contacted me about these supplements, about fiber supplements, about greens powder. But no, 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 I can't because that is not what I, that's not what the research supports helps with weight loss overall. You have got to just go to the supermarket and get your fruits and vegetables. And the reason that this helps with weight loss is for a multitude of reasons. But first, it just helps to bulk up what you're eating by providing a low amount of calories. One cup of pro, one cup of vegetables is typically around like 20 to 30 calories. One cup of fruit is around like 100 to 80 calories. And compared to like pasta or protein, that's going to be a lot less. But it's so much more volume because the bulk of what makes up fruits and vegetables is fiber. And we can't really absorb that. That's why when you eat corn, you like see it in the toilet like a couple days later because your body just can't really digest it very well. So back to anatomy, this really makes your stomach feel like you have a lot in there and you're not going to overeat as often if you eat more fruits and vegetables, which helps you with the sustainability of weight loss because you're not having a calorie track forever. And if you go out to eat or you go to your grandma's house and there are some servings of vegetables there, you know that what you're getting is probably going to be a lower calorie option. Even if it's like the most buttery green beans you've ever seen, like buttery green beans, hands down, are going to be lower in calories than buttery pasta. So you can know that without having a calorie track, you can just always make sure that you'll have a lower calorie meal. Another important thing that's very interesting when I started coaching is that it also really helps improve the healthier microbiome. Microbiome is like another thing that's like a little like 
new science, like it's hard to pinpoint um, what helps with it, but it's very interesting, the research that is coming out of this area. When I was looking into how to help people lose weight, um, I saw this come up over and over again that people, research suggests that people who have a healthier microbiome are at a lower body weight. Now, they don't know if this is like, what is like a causation or what's the word, like correlation. Um, Like they don't know if it like, if you have a healthier microbiome, it makes you lose weight or if it's just the people who like are at a healthier body weight have a healthier microbiome. But whatever, I try to make my clients have the healthiest microbiome ever because it's pretty solid research. And the way you do this is through fiber. There's such a big emphasis right now on prebiotics and um, kombucha and sauerkraut and all this stuff, which is great. But we often neglect that the way that we help our microbiome and the gut bacteria that's in there is we've got to feed it. And you have to feed it with probiotics, which comes from fruits and vegetables, instead of just focusing on kind of these like expensive like bacterias that you can add in there. Let's focus on actually feeding it. And so even though it's a little bit like new science, having a healthier microbiome, there's something to it that it will likely help you to lose weight. And also a huge thing that I see with clients, like despite all the research, is like when you eat more fruits and vegetables, you crave more fruits and vegetables because that microbiome is changing and your microbiome will cause you to crave whatever you feed more of it. That's why when you eat a lot of sweets, you're likely just to keep craving more and more because it's what that bacteria is used to eating. And it tells your brain, hey, we need to like turn on these hormones to get this person to eat more sweets because your body is like so smart. But if you eat more fruits and vegetables, and this also happens, but like in reverse, and I see it all the time with clients is they tell me like once we get them eating like more fruits and vegetables continuously for about a month, they're like, they're like, I went out to eat and I was actually craving broccoli. Yes. Like when, I don't know if people ever look at me and they think, how do you like eating all that fruits and vegetables? Because I've trained myself to do so and you can do it too. You've got to stick it out, but you can train your body to also like eating more fruits and vegetables. So where are we at? When you increase protein, it helps with increasing metabolism. So you never really plateau. It also helps burn a little bit more calories to make up for anything you might eat over. And then the produce helps with sustainability of weight loss by helping you to not have to calorie track forever and also gives you a little added whatever in the woo-woo world of the microbiome to have extra weight loss. All right, now we're going to enter exercise. So exercise is very important for weight loss. I honestly feel like it's because it allows you to be a lot more flexible in what you're eating. So like, for example, this person who DM me, and I think she said her like calories were like 1700, her maintenance calories were 1700. It might be because she's not exercising a lot. When you exercise more, you are burning more calories, right? So that gives you the flexibility to like go out and have a pizza night or like go out and have a glass of wine or like celebrate at Christmas and not have to worry so much about like, oh my gosh, I can't eat over, eat over 1700 calories. I'm going to gain weight. I like my clients to try to be burning around like 600 calories just because it gives you so much more flexibility in what you're eating. Now, there are a lot of nuances in the type of exercises and I am not a trainer, but I do know that strength training helps with increasing that metabolism yet again. So just day-to-day exercise, like even just like cleaning, like the way that I kind of meet my exercise goal or like activity goal is by going on two walks a day, cooking my dinner, cleaning it up and like kind of walking around my apartment a little bit. And that's how I meet kind of burning like 600 calories a day. And so that's what you kind of want to do day to day to just have like excess calories you're burning. So it creates more flexibility in what you're eating and and helps you to like have a little bit of room there in case you overeat or overshoot the calories or something. 
But strength training is going to help with that, again, increase of metabolism for the long term. So a lot of times when I come to the end with clients, they're like, I don't know what to do with my calories when I keep losing weight. And I'm hoping to get them to the point where they don't have to worry about the calories anymore because we have increased their metabolism so much that they don't need to undercut anymore. Because whenever you take your calories down initially, you should be able to just keep it there if you are increasing your metabolism. Because let's say a client comes to me and we get them to lose weight at 2,000 calories. Okay, this is what their metabolism is probably going to be set at. And we don't want to keep undercutting it. But instead, if they can slowly like increase their metabolism to be able to burn calories at 2,100, then 2,200, then 2,300, or even just keep it at 2,000, that is such a doable amount to continue to lose weight if their metabolism is increased to that instead of just completely ignoring the strength training part and constantly being like, I need to keep like decreasing 200 calories every two weeks. And then all of a sudden you're at 1300 calories. That's impossible. Like there's no way that people are going to be able to say sustainable. I wouldn't be able to have sustainable weight loss eating only 1300 calories a day. So the way to make it more sustainable is to increase strength training. So you are increasing metabolism, but you've got to also have the protein part because both of those work together to help that happen. All right, next. Next, we have to kind of attack the psyche and work on stress reduction. So this is a huge part of weight loss that I see with clients, especially the population that I work with, busy millennials, because the more stressed out you get, the more you can really like make everything fall out of whack. So like everything we've talked about is really reliant on each other, right? So we have to be, we're in the calorie deficit, but the only way we're really going to keep that sustainable is by increasing produce intake so you don't have to calorie track forever so you can forever stay within the calorie deficit but we also don't want to keep undercutting calories forever so we have to increase strength training and increase protein intake so all of this really works together in a cycle and you don't really want any of those to get left out but if you start doing things like not sleep very well or are extremely stressed out all the time it's going to cause your hormones to kind of go into overdrive to want you to eat more or if you just like like I talked about in one of the podcasts recently, how my personal uh, response to stress is I just want to eat a lot. Like I just have somehow trained myself to be super hungry when I'm stressed out and really want a lot of sweets. Then it's going to cause me to probably eat less vegetables, eat more sweets, and then get stuck in this like negative cycle of like eating more sweets and it's bringing me out of the calorie deficit. And then I'm not able to like get out of calorie tracking, you know, all of that. Where if you're able to reduce your stress and really think about like, do I need to maybe simplify my life a little bit? Do I need to create some boundaries at work? Do I need to have a talk with my family about how people can't demand so much of me, you know, or, or whatever that is, or enlisting help from your husband or wife or, or whoever that is in your life, that can help you to just positively stay within that circle. And it's super important because all these things on paper, like, yeah, they seem achievable, but if you're like clouding your judgment from all of this extra stress, then you're not going to be able to achieve it. And you're not going to be able to stay in this like positive loop over and over again. All right, we have two more to get through. Next, habit building. So this is why working with a dietitian coach is really, really helpful because we're, we understand all that part, but then like putting it into practice is also a whole different science. And seeing like how to make these doable goals and changes over time is how you're able to implement it. Because if you are trying to do like all of these things all at once and you just kind of use it as like a checkoff list, like, okay, I'm in the calorie deficit. Okay, I'm eating more fruits and vegetables. And I get clients like this sometimes, but they don't end up doing that well because in like the first month they try to just do everything and use it like a checkoff list. And they're like, okay, like I'm doing everything. After like a month and a half, they tend to really fall off because they haven't been able to really meditate and like, like just 
think about why is what they're doing working? Like, how did they get to eat more fruits and vegetables? Like, did they have to plan? Did they have to go to the grocery store? Did they have to order a second, like, grocery order halfway through the week? Or did they have to do, like, a meal delivery kit? Or, like, how did they exercise? Did they set boundaries at work so they were able to take time off at the end of the day? Or wake up earlier? You know, stuff like that. Like, when you don't think about the behaviors and you don't think about, like, actually building them into habits and more so think about it like a checkoff list – it's not going to stay sustainable. The good thing is like once you get into this like groove of having all of these different habits really stacked up, it's easy to stay in it because all of it kind of feeds off of the next one. But if you don't take the time to get into that loop and like into that wellness wheel, then you're not going to be able to reap the benefits of it feeling so natural. With my clients, like we spread all these goals out plus some into three months because they say just that, because they say by the end of it, they're like, I don't even know what I'm doing, but it's working and it just feels so natural. And that is what's going to help people to keep it sustainable for the long term. So if you are like having trouble with all of these goals or trouble balancing everything, ask yourself, are you really, really taking it slow? And that's what I, I have to do this in my business. I think like running a business and losing weight are really, really similar because if I try to like do everything at like 50 miles an hour, like I'm going to burn out and I'm also not going to understand what's working and why it's working and how I'm able to keep up with it. If I don't understand like how to balance my life with my business, then I'm not going to be able to ever like keep up with it because I'm not going to know what worked, right? So you really have to use smart goals, which you should listen to the episode that we posted around the first of the year and figure out how to slowly kind of creep into these things. You have the rest of your life to be able to be at a healthy body weight, but you're never going to be able to get there and really reap the benefits of what it feels like to just do effortlessly if you don't like ease into it while you by using that SMART goal method. I have a client example. So I guess two examples. One kind of bad example. One time I had a client and she really struggled. She kind of used all the goals as a checkoff and did everything all in the beginning. But then any little minor inconvenience, she was overeating consistently. She would do okay on days where she would have complete control over what she was eating, but then if she went out to eat with her boyfriend or she even like moved halfway through working together, it just totally like sent her off because she didn't understand why what she was doing was working. She didn't really think about, oh, when I go out to eat, I also need to pick these two servings of vegetables, not just when I'm home. Or like, oh, I'm able to lose weight because I am walking an hour a day. It just kind of happened for her. And so when push came to shove and things got a little stressful, she couldn't figure out like, why why isn't this working anymore? So she kind of spun herself all into a loop and her weight didn't really continue to come off because she did everything so quick in the beginning and didn't understand why it didn't work and got frustrated and just kind of gave up. She was able to lose weight. She she would have been able to do it if she in the beginning took things a little slower and really thought about like why I was able to do it instead of just saying, well, I did it, I don't know. Let's contrast that with a nice story. So one time I had a client who was a stay-at-home mom And she also wanted to do this. She wanted to do everything from the beginning. She was a little bit more receptive to my help. And I told her, we're going to, let's just take things really, really slow. Cause she wanted to say, okay, well, I need to home cook every meal. And I know I need to be eating more. Like she kind of knew what to do, but her problem was that she was like a very all or nothing person. So we had to really break her out of that mindset. And so we just took things really slow. 
the first two weeks, I was like, I just want you to track. I just want you to look at what you're eating and let's just face it and see the amount of calories. From there, we knew we needed to take our protein up the second time we met. So we really thought, like, how did she meet her protein goal? She was a super busy stay-at-home mom, always doing stuff. And so for her, we realized she could, like, supplement herself to death and it was going to work. And so instead of putting all this pressure on herself to, like, cook all these meals, we just said, hey, let's do, like, one protein bar here. Let's do some rotisserie chicken here and then maybe some deli meat at dinner. And that gets the job done. Then we increased her produce by kind of the same way, just, like, tons of grab-and-go options. She really liked the Daily Harvest smoothies and doing, like, meal delivery kits. And so that helped her. And so knowing that she needed to have convenient items really helped her in any situation. She was like, she lost so much weight with me because she was able to really take those habits and translate them into any time. She went on a vacation and she's like, okay, I know I need these grab and go options because that's what works for me. So she went to the grocery store and she got some grab and go options. She made sure to still get in her smoothies and she was able to continue to lose weight through all of those things. And by the end of it, she did so well. She was up to par with all these recommendations that I gave and she felt like it was a lifestyle. She didn't feel like it was just like she was about to like unravel at any minute because we took it slow and she understood why what she was doing was working. So the last tip I have, or the last thing that matters for weight loss is consistency. So if you are having problems with weight loss, I always hate to assume it's the client's fault, but sometimes I'm learning people just aren't as consistent as they need to be because we're really taught that you can lose 30 pounds in 30 days, right? Which you can, but I don't think it's very safe. Um, and so you really have got to be consistent for a very long amount of time, especially if your body isn't used to these changes. Nutrition is not a medicine. Like it's not a shot. It doesn't go into your cells and automatically change. It's really the like the culmination of all these things plus some that I didn't really have time to squeeze in here that I put on my list that I'll have to put in another episode. It really takes all these things working and interacting all together to see weight loss. Muscle mass can take like up to a month to really gain any muscle mass. So you've got to wait on that end to see a metabolism increase. Your microbiome, it takes a while to change. It doesn't happen overnight. That can also take up to like a month to six weeks. And so that's why I tell clients that a true weight plateau is doesn't occur until like a month to six weeks in because that's when we can decrease calories if we already have everything else up to par for almost every single day for six weeks. And it doesn't need to be anything extreme. Like I said, we don't want a severe calorie deficit. We want a doable calorie deficit that you can actually achieve over that period of time that you consistently can be in because that is how you're going to see weight loss. It's not by trying it for a week. Trust me, especially if you're new to this and especially if your body isn't adjusted to having healthy weight loss like this with the increase in protein and the increase in strength training, the increasing in produce and the decreasing in stress, it's going to take a while for your body to get adjusted. But it can happen. And once it happens, it'll likely just keep happening quicker and quicker and quicker. So client story, I'm working with a client now and I've honestly learned a lot by working with her. So the first round of working with her she only lost like a couple of pounds working together. And it was really sad. Like she, she when I have a client like that, they, they don't, that they only lose a couple pounds. It doesn't mean that they can't do it. I would love for them to be able to lose more with me, but I've learned if they're even able to lose a couple pounds, they're on the right track and they just have to keep up with it. Their body's just taking a little bit longer to respond. But even if you only lose two pounds in three months, you can still do it. And what likely happens is that people get their body into gear. And then after the three months, they lose a lot more is what they report back. But I really got to see it with this client because she re-signed on with me because she was able to lose like 10 pounds, I think, after like six months after working with me. 
but she really just kind of was staying at the the 10 pound mark and wasn't losing much more. So she just, she just wanted to be held accountable and really think through some solutions because she had a lot of food restrictions that was hard for her to work around. And so she re-signed with me. And honestly, like in these last six weeks of working together, she's lost 10 more pounds. We decreased, I mean, we increased her protein, made sure she was consistent with her calorie deficit. And now we're increasing her produce. But she also was super dedicated to her strength training. She had a lot of time. She lived alone. She works at home. And she worked out, honestly, like two hours a day with a lot of strength training for on the weekdays. And I really think all of these things just came together with her increase in muscle, muscle mass, her increase in protein intake, her increase in probably her microbiome health from eating fruits and vegetables for so long. Now she's like exponentially able to lose like so much more weight than she was before because that's just how it works once you get your muscle mass up once you get your microbiome healthier once you get your body into gear it should happen quicker than it does in the beginning so you just have to give it time but that was a lot of information i hope that this was helpful for you i hope you enjoy i hope the video works if i'm talking about the video and it doesn't upload something probably happened um but i hope you kind of like this more like action-packed um episode I plan on doing another episode about like five reasons why you're not successful. So kind of going off of this, but like why something might not be working because I see a lot of different reasons of why these steps might not work for you. But, you know, I definitely talk about this in all of the different modules in my one-to-one program in way more in depth, like each of these steps and some for about 20 minutes in all the modules. So if you are interested check out signing up for the program. But if not, make sure to subscribe because I'm going to keep putting little information nuggets in podcasts to come. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Millennial Nutritionist podcast. For daily weight loss tips and nutrition information, you can find us on Instagram at the.millennial.nutritionist and on TikTok at millennial.nutritionist. If you find this information helpful, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend who needs encouragement on their health journey. See you in the next episode.